Welcome to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have Halloween tickets for you. Cedar Point. Ooh. That's a good time of year to go Ooh. to Cedar Point. Ooh. I like Halloween. Actually, I think the woman and I are going to go. We also have Kenny Wayne Shepherd tickets for you. That show November 2nd, Canton Palace Theater. Uh, you know, just sticking with that theme. Nothing to do in Canton ever, right? Just- I'll put it on my list. I've got a list of all the national touring artists in Canton. Is that right? Uh-huh. You're I keeping do. like a laminated list? I've got a list now that's official, so whenever somebody says, oh, nothing to do here, I have proof positive that they're wrong. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the Browns uh, yesterday. Now, again, again, I don't. I, we're not going to go overboard right now, but this is exactly why I thought the five and a half win-loss total in Vegas was a good bet, taking the under. These are the games I expected you to lose. The Chargers are a better team than people think. They're better than they've been playing as of late. And you knew Baker was going to have a come-down-to-earth game. As a matter of fact, I mean, he was only, what, three touchdowns, three picks before it. I mean, he really hadn't left earth. He hadn't really left earth. You know what I mean? So this is the welcome to the NFL game. We knew one of these was coming. And... I think next week Tampa Bay is a winnable game, but if you don't win that one, I think it's possible you don't win another game the rest of the way because it's like Baltimore again. I think it's Pittsburgh again, Cincinnati again, all those three teams coming in, you know, starting to play really, really good. I don't think you win any of those. Um, I know Carolina still has to come here. Kansas City's coming here. You're probably losing both of those. I think if you don't win next week at Tampa Bay, it's very possible you don't win another game. Yeah, they've uh, they've got Atlanta somewhere on the uh, yeah, somewhere somewhere yeah. in that equation, so maybe there's another one. But mm. yeah, you've got to you've got to put yourself in a position to win those fifty fifty games. And luckily, last week they did. Now it's about being able to build on that. And like you get you you, you get that big three point man. We won in overtime. Holy crap! It was a field goal and we won. And then this was the coming back down to earth. So I wasn't necessarily discouraged. I know a lot of people yesterday were like breaking ankles jumping off the bandwagon, but well, I was not necessarily like, Ugh. Well, your top five defense got beat by 24. It ain't great. And well, it, dude, in a million different ways, too. They were just getting slaughtered down, getting run, running the ball against them. I mean, it was absolutely atrocious how the ball was getting passed against them. There was a million things wrong, but I don't feel like I'm jumping off of like the optimism that I had a week ago. They're looking to hire a coach today. I, I, think, I think that search is hotter than people think. And Should be. I'm not even sure it's going to be Todd Haley. Dude, where the hell is Nick Chubb? Why is that kid on a wanted poster? Where the hell is he? What the hell are we doing? Where the hell is he? Like, they just don't use that kid enough, and I don't understand that. I don't under. I mean, Carlos Hyde's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But, like, we know we have, like, this three-headed monster. We're not using that kid. I just don't understand. We'll, we'll get into it here in a little bit. I, I just I don't understand that. So I'm not sure it's going to be Todd Haley either. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Browns do. But again, like if you don't win next week at Tampa Bay, I think it's very possible you don't win another game all season long. And just real quick, I know I was the Sam Darnold guy, right? And now you've got me on the Baker train. But the one thing I noticed yesterday about Baker Mayfield was, dude, does that body have 10 years of hits in it? I'm not sure it does, dude. He does. He looks little. Like he can play the position. He can make throws. He can do all that stuff. They dropped two touchdown passes on him early in the game, for Christ's sake. He can do all that. Does the body have 10 years with the hits in it? And I, I'm the worried that's not true. I mean, dude, he just looks a little little. And so I, if, if he's not going to thick out, I'm just worried if he's going to continue to get hit like that, that he's, his body's just not going to be able to take the NFL beating. I worry about that. But Apparently, Fantone, over the weekend, <clears throat> you were in a movie theater. Yeah. And somebody had a dog in the movie theater. So it was it was my girlfriend's birthday weekend. So like all weekend long, dude, just blowing it out for her, like every day, trying to do something nice. And yesterday before the Browns game, I was like, hey, 
you really like that new Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga movie? Let's go see that. Come on. Come on. We're going. We're going to have a good time. You know, it's before the Browns game. She's already seen it. Yeah. And this way you don't have to waste like... You don't, you know, you're not wasting your whole Sunday watching the Browns with me. We'll do something for you. Sure. So, like, all right. So we're Good going. To, so we're going to this movie, and as we're walking into the movie theater, I see this lady taking a dog in, and I'm like, son of a bitch. And I'm like, well, maybe the dogs, because it's got a vest on. And I'm like, well, maybe it's like seeing eye dog, or like a dog that's trained to smell diabetes, or a dog that's, you know what I'm saying, one sure. of those things. If you have autism or whatever, it's going to be something for you. And as we stand behind him in line, I'm like, this dog isn't trained for anything. He's just wearing one of these stupid vests because this dog's like shaking and stuff, and like pulling on the leash and like acting like a dog would if you were taking a dog inside of you know a place of business. You know, dogs probably like, you know what, this isn't my house. This isn't outside. I don't want to be here. This isn't this isn't enjoyable for me at all. But so this dog's freaking out, dude. Just absolutely like not not freaking out but still acting like a dog and we go into the movie theater and i'm like dude i really hope those people aren't in here with us and we're sitting there we've got our popcorn whatever and of course in comes this mutt dude just walking into the movie theater and i'm like son of a bitch <laughs> at this point movie theater relatively packed for a 10:30 movie time on a sunday morning i didn't think there was going to be that many people i thought we would be by ourselves relatively packed i mean every row had multiple people in there wow. so like throughout the movie dude throughout the movie this dog is doing what a dog would do during a movie you can hear it moving around you can hear it begging for food you can hear this lady like talking to it and i'm like listen we, we, this got brought up on the show last week of i i understand there is a need for this, but just like anything else, when you take I'm not it, sure there is when you take advantage of a situation, when you take advantage of something, you're undercutting that true need. Like now, because now, now it's like, well, now I don't even know if there is, and it's like, well, there is, but, nah, but, but you can't just bring your goddamn dog everywhere. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying, dude. The at home experience is so good now. We have 65 inch TVs standard in people's homes. Those that's not like that's not like an outlandish thing. Like most people have that. Like, so, yeah, you don't get to go to the theater. Fine. Great. But, like, it's not that, you know what I mean? The at-home viewing experience is pretty great. So, like, if you're one of these people where you can't leave your house without that thing, then you can't leave your house then, right? Like, at some point, this has to be on you. I'm a dog. I love dogs. And believe me, when I finally do get my dog, I'm going to want to take that little jerk everywhere. But I'm not going to take that little jerk everywhere. It, 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 It shouldn't be a question of whether you like dogs or not. That's not what this is coming down to. That's not what like is is the topic of like well Fantone you're just a dog hater that's not true that's not that's that's not what's happening here you can't, like to 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 pretend that that you are somebody who des- deserves exceptional treatment in the sense of like okay you've gone through something you therefore deserve to have this animal with you when you're just going to abuse it I mean like it like I said it undercuts people with PTSD it undercuts rape survivors it undercuts like the concept of like hey we need this treatment animal by you just bringing your mutt with you everywhere it, it, it dude it, it does it, it's why it's why stansbury's doubtful of you right it's, now yeah I, because honestly most people that are on xanax shouldn't be on xanax because people are going to be like well i went to a doctor right look at all those people well, that yeah. look at all those people that went to a doctor for oxycontin that didn't need it right like you can't don't talk to me about you went to a doctor and a doctor told you you had this of course dude the doctor's in the medicine business they're not in the repair dude they're in the medicine business and like we all we all know people who are abusing this it's just like people who abuse like unemployment where it's like no you could go get a job and we all know somebody who does it we all know somebody who's like oh dude yeah just put this put this thing on my butt and pretend like it's a, a service animal and i get to take it anywhere dude shame on you people yeah it's pretty bad because i i don't know what the percentage would be But, okay, like, I had a traumatic experience happen to me, right, as a child. And it has shaped my entire life for sure. 
a dog by my side isn't going to make me feel any better about what happened to me. And yet people like me are going to go in there and be like, well, but when I was four, like a neighbor, like got a little, didn't have boundaries and like things got weird and right. And like now, so now I need to take my dog everywhere. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Dude, the one thing, I'll tell you the one thing that has benefited me more than anything else, having lived through a traumatic experience, which is not reliving it every day by finding a way to make it easier. You know what I do? I just wake up. I go about my business. I do what I have to do. Fantone's absolutely right. Get the hell, get your mutt out of the movie theater. Jesus Christ, dude. Not only did you have to sit through that Bradley Cooper yeah. movie where his yeah. di- dude was now now was I not right? His direction is all over the place. The music was really good. The music's great. The Lady Gaga I think was good, but you're right. The direction, there was plenty of points. I'm like, why are we still sitting Bradley. here? Like, what are Bradley. we doing two hours and fifteen? Dave Chappelle, what are you doing here? What? Like, where did you come from? Huge, no, you were hundred percent right on huge that. monumental character. He's the one that like sets Bradley Cooper on the right track and all that, but you don't tell us who he is. He couldn't have been like a guy in the band. You know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't have been the bass player or something. The like, guitars just, were on the wall. They bring him in and they don't explain him and they send him back out bradley cooper not just the best. no not he the just best. dude he just but it was re- all right it was an it was all right, right movie i know but she's already out she's texting me right now oh my god so he <laughs> took her she got to see it twice do i get to see this I, all i'm going to say into this microphone for the next 20 minutes is white boy rick <laughs> i've been in the movie theater with you 14 times we still haven't seen the movie i want to see actually dude my girlfriend did something over this weekend that yeah. i thought was not smart and it's all about pictures she sent me. Okay. And I'm not wild about something that happened. I think, of course, maybe there's a possibility I'm overthinking it. So we'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 2 Hawk 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. A local haunted house made headlines for all the wrong reasons. 7.30, we'll get into that. Also, make sure we send you to see Hollow Weekends at Cedar Point. Tie that all in together there. I know I'm getting old because uh, I'm excited to get out of work, and yeah. I'm going to go to Duluth and buy new underwear. And I'm gonna, I can't wait to see if these underwear at Duluth Trading Company are as good as the as the advertising says they are. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like People always, you know, I don't bitch about commercials. I need to know what to buy. I don't know what to buy. I need to know what to buy. And Duluth's trading company, dude, they spent the money and now I'm interested. Yeah, commercials, there is a, there's a balancing act there somewhere where it's like, sometimes you're like, ah, the commercials. And then other times it's like, yeah, dude, tell me what. I need to know. What's new? How do I eat that? How do I get that? What do I need to do? Limited time only. Holy crap. I've got money in my pocket. I want to be poor. Tell me what to buy. And that's probably where the commercials come in. It's like, dude, I got money. Yeah, tell me what to buy. Um, Dude, yeah. Yeah, that Duluth, number one, went up really quick. Number two, it looks like it's always busy. I feel like every time I drive by, you know, so I think they're selling something decent over there. It's like Victoria's Secrets for dudes. Okay. For, like, just, really manly men, though, right? Just, well, the guy, I mean, the, the the front page of the website's a dude holding an axe. Oh, dude, come on now. But, I mean, I buy paper towels that have the same thing. That's never made me more manly, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe buck naked performance boxers, boxer briefs will do it. I hear good things. Is uh is is that what you're doing? Your I mean underwear in the future here? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I you know, I I have to go shopping, okay. and uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I I've heard the good things about that. I haven't tried it yet, and that's how I know I'm getting old because I'm like, yeah, I got to go there. I need to know this stuff. So I have not I have not seen the girlfriend since Friday night, and okay. uh, it, Friday night did not go well. Oof. Now look, we didn't get into a fight, but something kind of went awkward. 
And so we kind of ended that night awkward. And it was like, all right, ready, break. <laughs> and all it was right. like, all right, you know what I mean? You just go home and like, we'll just reset and we'll try again next week, right? Okay. So I didn't see her Saturday and I didn't see her Sunday. And I'm actually not slated to see her until Wednesday. Okay. But on Saturday, I knew I was going to get a ton of text messages because her daughter, who uh, attends Glen Oak, had homecoming. Apparently, their homecoming was Saturday night. And so I knew. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be in full mom mode. Like, oh, my God, my baby girl's going to homecoming. That whole thing, right? And right. I was going to have to sit there and pretend like I was interested in this now, right? Right. So she starts sending me these photos. And at first, it's just like her daughter and like the boyfriend, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, she looks great. She looks beautiful. Hair looks great. That all that. Oh, I got all that. I got the okay. I got the hair salon photos. I, I mean, I got them all, right? I was just updated all day with it, right? And... Then she sends me a picture of her and her daughter, and it looks great. It's like, yeah, that you both look amazing. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, your daughter looks a lot like you. You know, good for her, that whole thing, right? But then, and again, maybe I'm making too much out of this, but she starts sending me these pictures of her daughter, like, in a row full of, like, these other, like, sophomores who are all going to homecoming. So now I got, like, these, I got these pics and, like, my messages from her. Of just like seven high school chicks all just getting ready to go to homecoming. And it's like, honey, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I don't, like, you shouldn't be, what are you doing? Don't send me these. Yeah, from the jump, I've I've been a little uncomfortable through this whole thing. But, like, especially once you start including other people's kids, right? I mean, like, that's where it's like, all right, you decide what to what, what to do with, with your own child there. But I don't know if I wanting necessarily. Sh- well, wanting to show me her daughter and the boyfriend, that I get. Like that, yeah, I totally get. Like, yeah. look, here they go; they're getting ready to go. Like, I, now again, I haven't been introduced to the children yet. So, so, so even, you, but yeah, I was gonna say, do you feel like that is it, it, we're, we're pushing that boundary already? Is that is that is that a little? Uh, uh, well, I don't know if that's necessarily pushing the boundary. If the kids don't know that she's showing me, you know what I mean. Okay. So that's not really pushing a boundary. It's like, hey, you know, I have children. This is part of a huge part of my life. Here she is at this big moment. Yeah, and, and, and I totally get that. And of course, her priority is always going to be like her children before you. But my my concern there is like, you know how you know how like when you when you want to try something new sexually or when you want to find out if somebody does drugs, you make that first joke. So you push the boundary a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And you just kind of push it, push it, push it. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. That would be hard to deny. Okay. I believe that we are going to cross this barrier sooner than we had told each other okay. we would when we met. Okay. Yes. That I do believe that will happen. That feels like what that is to me. Like that's like, all right, we'll give that a little maybe, push there. Give maybe, that a maybe in the right direction. I, you there. know what? Like I can't speak for her, so I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's what she was thinking. Is like, hey, if we start doing this, now I did say I was the first one to like kind of cross that. I said, hey, obviously with homecoming, I'm gonna want to see pictures, but I didn't realize I was gonna get the picture of like seven sophomores just in a row. You know what I mean? And it was like, I don't know. Should I? And I didn't even look. I was like, I shouldn't even be looking. What am I doing? I shouldn't even be looking at this. Well, and it, then I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, this is about you, right? Yeah. Because you're making this something it's not. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there, there's there's a little bit of both things happening here where I can understand why from some people's perspective, it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's not the, the, the bridge to cross. Um, But there's also the concept of Right like, now, everybody whose daughter goes to Glen Oak is like, wants to know if they're on my phone. There's, there's also the thought of like, 
you, you are going to have to be able to see people in these situations, see, you know, teenagers in life that are going to be like, if you go to Applebee's, they're going to be there having dinner before homecoming. Yeah, I see well, it all the time. So what? So you're just going to put your head down and be like, nope, can't look anywhere, you know? Well, I don't sit across, you know, the table and just like stare at them while they're sitting there either. Nor were you with that picture, though, no. right? It's not like you were like zooming in and being like, all right, perving out on it. No, so. again, this is, again, this is, I believe that I bring, like all people do, I bring my own experiences into any any situation I have. And this is I was telling I was talking to her about this as a matter of fact. Like to this day, for those of you that don't know, is victimized by a neighbor as a child. And to this day, if I see an adult in a movie interact with a small child and they're not related, I automatically my first thought is, "Oh god, what are you going to do to that kid?" Like to this day. So like there's a little bit of that where I'm bringing it into it where it's like why what do the these are kids what are you doing well and well, let's be real it's not like the concept of of adults having sex with teenagers is like something new into our public you know dialogue I mean dude the teachers banging their students has been a, a a story that's been told so much recently it's no longer news that's I mean fair like point. so so no like it's it's not like you're this solo person who's like crossing this boundary by yourself like obviously that's a thing but what it really boils down to for me is is like I think just number one, the fact that you even questioned yourself or questioned like, eh, is this okay? Is this appropriate or not? Shows that pretty much you're erring on the side of caution there. Um, number two, like I said, it's not like just like you just like you're not staring in a restaurant. It's not like you're like ogling on that. Picture. Didn't save the photo. Okay, well, uh, you know what I mean. Better. Like I I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like no. Yes, I'm mean, I, like now. I kept the one of her and her daughter, obviously, and I kept like kept that right. because it's like that one I got. It's like okay, I get it. This is your kid. You love this kid. Like I understand that. This is one of those moments where innocence should be the the default, but just based on the way things are nowadays, it's not. When you have something like that, you're right. When you see an adult and a kid talk, or you see, you know... What's a, about a, to happen? Right, right. There's some... There's that, that, that automatic suspicion of, like, well, something nefarious is happening here. Somebody's going to be victimized here. So, like, I, I don't think that's necessarily against you. I think that's more society right now. I just... I was like, this is creepy. What are you doing to me right now? Don't walk me down this path. It's not creepy unless you make it. That's that's where I'm going to put it. Is that like unless it's not creepy, it's that's an innocent moment. I just think you should d- just not send pictures of high school girls to men. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel like that is a very simple I just said it. It sounds like it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing as I'm saying it. That's how you know it's like crazy. Do not send Pictures of high school girls to men. Don't do it. Don't I, do it. I, 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 like, thou, that is the 11th commandment. I just decided. Somebody get me the chisel. It's going in. More Stansberry shows right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream. Sure. Season tickets to see the Kent State Golden Flashes football team start at $45. And the next home game is Saturday, October 20th against Akron. Fans are encouraged to wear white and kick off us at 330. For more information, visit KentStateSports.com or call the ticket office at 330 672 2244. Go flat. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Coming up 7 o'clock. Talk about this Maslin uh, high school football game the other night. Everywhere I went this weekend, people were talking about that game. It was a hot topic. I was at the Elms yesterday. Played 18 out there. I was watching uh, the Browns game via Hulu in the cart on my phone. And uh, I got to play golf. Did a little, little two for one there. And sure enough, I walk into the Elms and like four guys are just sitting around the table drinking coffee. They're all talking about it. I mean, everywhere I went this weekend, people were just talking about it. Everybody's got their opinion. I'm with Maslin. We'll get into that at 7 o'clock. Did watch the Browns game yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, 
but this is exactly why they're exactly who I said they were. They're a four-win football team. This is exactly what I said they were. And everybody told me I was crazy. And when Baker Mayfield was like throwing 300-yard games, people were like, well, I mean, how do you feel about your bet? I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> Still feel pretty good about it. I told you. Now they're running into a bus saw. The schedule gets real tough now. Kansas City's still coming here. Carolina coming here. Atlanta's probably going to thump you. Pittsburgh's getting you know warmed up, ready to go. Le'Veon Bell thinking I'm out and maybe coming back. We don't know that yet, totally. But James Conner went off yesterday. So you're probably losing that game. Probably losing the Cincinnati game. If you don't beat Tampa Bay this week, I think it's possible you don't win another game all year. Now you're going to run into a bus off. Now I said something really stupid about the Browns last week while talking to Munch. I was making the point that I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. on the Browns roster, and I still don't, even after yesterday. I still don't. And I said, eh, wide receiver's not really the issue. Yes, it is. Wide receiver is absolutely the issue. I got a little too over my skis last week while talking to Munch. Got a little carried away. It's absolutely the issue. And they need to do something with it, but I would not, I would not make it Odell Beckham Jr. I would not. The moment that guy's unhappy, it becomes all about Odell. And I don't, we don't need that. We're, we're on the positive. We're on the mend. We're getting better. The last thing we need is a locker room cancer at a, at a position you can get in the draft or through free agency. And you don't need a top tier guy. You don't. You just need a guy who can catch the ball. Like Baker Mayfield had two dropped passes in the end zone yesterday early. Now, now catch both those balls. And what's the, what's the momentum of the game like? Is the, does the game end different? Maybe it does. Yeah, there's no doubt that there was a serious problem with that yesterday, and I think it's been a problem really the entire time Baker Mayfield's been playing is like, you know, don't get me wrong, Jarvis Landry has grabbed some balls where it's been like, oh my God, but there's been also an equal amount of like, dude, what are you effing kidding me right now? And you're right, man. I mean, for a young dude in particular, um, that first dropped ball, it just felt like the wind was out of the sails at that point. It just felt like, and if you're an NFL quarterback who's been in the been in, been in the league for the past ten years, maybe you've got the mental capacity and the fortitude to kind of like, all right, we're gonna get over that. But then you repeat it uh, for a rookie quarterback. I mean, what's what, what's the kid supposed to do? Like, do? I mean, you, what, what are you gonna do? So now his confidence when he's rifling the ball to you is none, not good, not good, and. Again, I wanted Sam Darnold, okay? But I'm all right with the Baker pick, and people got me on the Baker train now. But the one thing I asked myself yesterday is, does that kid's body have 10 years worth of hits in it? And I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure it does. He looks little. The, that's the one relation to Manziel you can make, is that they both looked tiny behind those NFL bodies. Yeah, he does. And that's a valid question. I don't know if we're going to know the answer until he does it, but like there was that point yesterday he went down and it was the ankle injury. He came up limping. Now that's going to, that's going to happen, happen, but that's also always going to be a concern. Anytime he does go down is like, dude, is is he getting back up? I just, I worry that we're in for broken ribs with him and we're in for like that kind of stuff just because the body's not going to be able to withstand the beating. Now, I don't know that. And I am not sitting in here saying he does not have the body to last 10 years in the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if I can nitpick him and if I can look at him, I mean, dude, look at the size of Big Ben for Christ's sakes. Look at that guy. Even Andy Dalton's a big dude. You know what I mean? Like, um, Joe Flacco's a big guy. Garoppolo was a big dude. Andrew Luck is a big guy. Like, 
he just looks little. Now, obviously, being six foot tall is not never going to really help you in that conversation. But the good thing is, is he's young. He has time to bulk up. Like he's definitely going yeah. to be able to put muscle on it. What is he? Twenty three. You well, know what I'm saying? Like I mean, the, the next kid coming out of college, everybody wants is this Justin Herbert kid out of Oregon, and he does. He looks like he's going to be the real deal. But again, when I look at that kid, I was watching that game Saturday, Saturday night, and it was like, Jesus, man, he's just, he's little. Like, we're just, these new quarterbacks, man, they just look little. I mean, he's tall, that kid, but he's super thin. Now, again, you're talking about a college kid. He will thick out at some point, you would think. But I just, I worry about that with Baker. But now, but the one thing I do like about Baker Mayfield is, is that he knows how to talk like a quarterback even after a loss. We actually have some Baker audios. Take a listen. Anytime you don't do your job, um, you know, I'm I'm at fault for majority of that. You know, I'm going to be very hard on myself, but we have to be able to look at this and learn from it. Have to be more prepared coming into you know the next week. It doesn't matter what's happened. Doesn't matter the buzz. You have to do your job each week, or else uh, that's just the the nature of this game. It's so competitive in this league that if you don't do your job, that's what can happen. So I, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to get it fixed. You talked about not wanting to take sacks. Yeah, obviously that wasn't very good on my part. Got to get the ball out. Um, I just I have to make it easier on our guys. And case in point, we just we got to take care of the ball. We as in I do. You know, I got to put us in position to win. You know, coming out there in the second half, we weren't out of the game. Um, You know, defense gets a good stop, and then first play I throw a pick. So that's just can't do it. It can't happen. No, they played a lot of zone coverage. You know, their their changeup was throwing in man and blitzing. But, um, you know, just playing zone coverage and any time. They, they did a good job of passing off receivers and stuff like that. But I got to find my check downs or I got to get the ball out of my hands. It doesn't matter what they're doing. I have to do my job. I like it. That's what they're supposed to say. And you know he can't be honest from the podium after a loss. He can't be like, well, guys are dropping balls on me or whatever because now, now you're a finger pointer. So... He knows how to handle the podium stuff. Um, doesn't seem to be a guy who wants to get in, in trouble off the field, so I like all that. Seems to be the adult in the room. Love that out of my quarterback. I want my quarterback to be the adult. You know, your wide receiver can be a mess. Your running backs can be, you know, doing this and protesting, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't matter. But your quarterback, I want my quarterback buttoned up. And he is that. But I do worry we're, we're not looking at a 10-year kid. And you got to ask yourself, is Dorsey now looking at that game yesterday going, oh, God, i got to trade up and take this kid out of Oregon? I would hope not. I would hope not. I mean, like, if, if, if uh, well, it, you, it, he's the guy you picked. I mean, like, for, for if that if that game yesterday was enough for you to question, well, is this dude the dude? At that point, I question you as a general manager. If if one game from a rookie quarterback is enough for you to question everything you've done for the past year, then I question you. Yeah, that that would be a problem. That would be a problem. But what I would rather have now, I'm not saying this is where he is. But a good GM isn't afraid of being wrong on one pick. He just goes right back and fixes it with the next pick. That's what a good GM would do. Now, I'm not saying we blew it. I'm not. But I do worry that he doesn't have a 10-year body. And his accuracy, which is what everybody loved, was not great yesterday. Now, you're going to have those. He's a rookie. You're going to have those. It's just, I don't know. I mean, but this is why I bet the under on five and a half. Because I told you the offensive line wasn't as good as they. I was being told they were. We're a little bit problematic at wide receiver. And I know the refs blew like that that um, 
what was it, the false start against yeah. the Chargers. They blew. They blew that call. But you lost the game by 24 points. The refs didn't blow a 24-point game on you. They didn't. I'm sorry. They didn't do that. Your top five defense got destroyed. There was points throughout the season where you can say, like, uh, dude, that play, that wrong call mattered in that game. That call didn't matter in None that game None of those yesterday. calls mattered that in that matter. game yesterday. You got beat by 24. Dude, if you get beat by 24, it's not calls. That's that that much I know, dude. It's what do we always say? It's not co- it's not coaching. It's not this. It's the Willies and the Joes, right? That's what everybody always says. Well, them Willies and them Joes got to play better than they did yesterday. And if you don't beat Tampa Bay next week, I think it's possible you go the entire rest of the season without winning another game. Which is why I bet five. Which is why I bet the under on five and a half. Because I told you from the beginning of all this, that's a four win football team you're looking at. Maslin Tigers are being vilified over the way they played this game the other night. And I'm going to get their back next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Season tickets to see the Kent State Golden Flashes football team start at $45. And the next home game is Saturday, October 20th against Akron. Fans are encouraged to wear white and kick off is at 3.30. For more information, visit KentStateSports.com or call the ticket office at 330-672-2244. Go Flashes. 6.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 7.30. Pass out these Halloween weekend tickets. Check out Cedar Point. All they do for Halloween. Get you, get you hooked up around 730. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. So, the Maslin Tigers played the other night. And they're pretty good. I mean, they're recognized around the country as routinely being one of the best high school football teams in the country. Yeah, certainly this year. I mean, they're nationally ranked this year. I mean, they're a very good football team. So is McKinley, but, yeah, I mean, Tigers are definitely up there. So if you schedule the Maslin Tigers, you got to know that getting shelled is in the discussion. It's in the cards. They have the ability. They can boat race you for sure. So some team, I think, from Pennsylvania came up here, and they got spanked. What was it, 101 to 6? Correct. <laughs> I mean, dear God. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I mean, think about the kids. And I have made this argument with college football. Because people like to tell me college football is the most pure sport there is. Yeah, nothing like going to Alabama and getting beat 75 nothing. Look how pure it is. College football is a joke. You don't schedule any tough competitions until the end of the year. You know why college football fan bases like college football? Because your team beats everybody every week. That's why you like it. So I get that there's an aspect of, do don't let high school kids get beat 101 to 6. I do. I get it. Okay? But this isn't the fault of Maslin. And here's why. They did everything you're supposed to do. They pulled the starters. They stopped throwing the ball. They kept running the ball, trying to run the clock out, and, like, fifth stringers were running for touchdowns. Like, what do you want me to do? They were putting jerseys on dudes in the stand, for Christ's sake. Like, the nacho guy ran for two touchdowns. What do you want him to do? I think when you first see this number... It's so atrocious. It's that clear. It's like it's like whoa! Something had to have gone wrong here. That's and, a black eye and a coworker. You're like, dude, what happened this right. weekend? What happened? And obviously, something did go wrong here. And um, as somebody who fully supports, you know, uh, the McKinley Bulldogs, I, I will say, 
I at first I was like, oh, those sons of bitches over in Tiger Towns. Look at them over there just running scores up on these poor kids. And then you kind of look into it, and you're right. I mean, first of all, um, anytime once you get over 35-point lead in high school, there's a continuous clock going. No matter what happens, they're not stopping that clock. You know what I'm saying? Everyone wants to go home. The refs want to go home. Nobody wants to be here. So they've already got that. They threw the ball 11 times, none of which in the second half. So there's that. Um, You've got, like you said, like, I mean, you've got they did everything. You've got sophomores in. I mean, essentially, you've got the JV squads. If you could have played the freshmen, it seems like they would have. I, 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 I'm not going to jump up and down on Maslin for all of that because you're right. What are you supposed to do? And I want to hate on their coach. And one of the things that they did is at halftime, I think they were up 76 to like three or something like that. At halftime, they went over and said, yo, do you guys want to mercy rule this? You guys want to do this? Do you, uh, you want to? Because and, and I, I get that. You should give them well, the option. Right. You're not allowed to. Well, not that you're not allowed, but you don't kneel down plays in football because it looks disrespectful to the other team. But so does the mercy rule. Like, if I'm not allowed to kneel because it looks like you can't compete with me, then quitting the game isn't what you do either. I understand why they felt like, yo, we have to give them this option because there is a little bit of like, well, if this is if this is what's best for both teams, because I think there's also that point to be made. This nobody really won here. Like, of course, Maslin won, and like nobody's making that debate. But like, they didn't get any better. They didn't get any computer points out of this. Well, that's it, what I'm saying. Like, what what was this team scheduled to play them for? Exactly. Like, and I understand schedules get made out early, and out of state schools often want to play McKinley. They often want to play Maslin. Um, they'll get they'll get like you know when you make that trip like whoever the sponsors are I mean they'll hook them up with like yo here's some Nike gear here's some whatever like they'll they'll, they'll do that stuff um, and I get it you want to come play the best of the best and you want to come see the Pro Football Hall of Fame and you want to come do all these things I get that but you're gonna get beat but what is the win for 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 Maslin what's the win for winning 106 like I said you don't get computer points for that it's not like it's not like that's helping you in the playoff picture if 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 a school's not an elite upper level out of state school what are they coming here for and like dude, what are you doing unless you're a top team in Florida California or Texas, you've got no business playing Maslin. Even if, even even if I don't care, you know, if you're, you just have to be an elite team. And if you're not, it's a waste for everybody involved. That was my thing. Like once I kind of looked at this and thought about this, I'm like, nobody won here, dude. This was this was a loss all the way around. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Maslin players. I mean, what they get out of it? Practice. I mean, they didn't get anything out of it. They scored 17 in the first quarter, 56 in the second, 21 in the third, and 7 in the fourth. So they weren't even trying. In the fourth quarter, they weren't even trying. This could have been uglier. It could have been worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I want to jump up and down on Nate Moore. I do. I want to jump. Believe me. I do. There's no love lost. I want to jump up and down on that dude. But he did nothing wrong here. Dude, what that guy's job is is to build the best high school football team he can, and he's done it. I mean, what more do you want out of the guy? I mean, I don't know what you want. I hope this does serve as kind of a warning to athletic directors, not only in Stark County and like, but like, if 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 you think that like, all right, we're gonna take a field trip and we're gonna go play football in Stark County, you're gonna get your ass handed to you, and it's gonna be a joke, and like, it's gonna be national news, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's not like this is just like, oh, hey, dude, you know, Maslin won big, Stark County talking about it. This is all over the goddamn place, and those kids have to feel humiliated, have to. They knew on they knew on the bus trip up here they were gonna get shelled. Do the players always know? The players know. Coaches should know. 
Well, that brings up an interesting point because one of our Twitter followers, show listeners, Donnie, big Maslin Tiger fan. Yeah, he is. Also, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Oof, how'd that go last night? Um, anyway, big Tigers fan. He says, look, I embrace the Tiger hate. It's like hate on us. And he brings up a great point. Why is nobody blaming the defensive coordinator for Sun Valley? Like, dude, you're supposed to get your kids ready to go, too. Oh, 100%. I mean, and like I said, these these coaches should have known, yo, we're going to get outclassed here, and you shouldn't put your kids in a situation like that. Like, he says, he's like, this is a top tier, you know, one of the best in the nation football programs, and we're not. Well, what are you doing here, man? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, but again, I don't want teams to ease up, because when guys don't go full speed, that's when they get hurt. And there's nothing to be gained. Like telling telling a high school football player, like, yeah, just go out there and half ass it. Like, no, there's no, you that's can't. not that's terrible. Like you can't. I, I'm not jumping up and down on Maslin at all. I'm not trying to hate on Maslin at all. You guys were in a no win situation and what else are you supposed to do other than run the football? Well, what else are you supposed to do? Well, not only that, it is a competition. That is what it is. And what you're supposed to do in competition is put your foot down to the floor. Choke the life out of your opponent. I talked about this with the Tiger Woods book. Everybody thinks it's Earl Woods, his dad. It wasn't. It was his mom. She gave him that Asian thing. You don't ever let up. He was playing in a tournament as a kid, and he started to let up on a kid, and his mom pulled him by the, like, the collar and said, Tiger, what the hell are you doing? And Tiger Woods looked at his mom at eight years old and said, Mom, I feel bad. And her advice to him was, you go back and you beat that kid so bad that next time you have to play in a tournament, he's scared to play you. And sure enough, he had to play the kid like two years later. The kid couldn't tee off. Because he, he was in his head, Tiger was in his head. That's competition. You want to raise a you want to raise a great. That's how it's got to be. Not this. Well, it's all just fun to play. You want to raise a great. You got to teach them to kill because that's what the greats are all about. Tom Brady still wants to kill you. One last night. That's the way it works. You can't half-ass it. It's competition. And I gotta be honest with you. If my kid was on the opposing team getting shelled like that, I don't want the game over at halftime. I don't. I don't. I want him to have to sit there and do it. I don't know why. Maybe I change my tune when it's actually my kid. It's When it's a hypothetical kid, I get that it's easy to put myself in that situation. I do. I totally understand that. Maybe I'll feel different, but I doubt it. That there's a life lesson in that. That it doesn't always go your way. Somebody's going to outclass you by that much. So get in the weight room. Work a little harder. Apply yourself a little more. That kind of stuff. But see, we hate that kind of stuff now. Because that requires people actually, I don't know, parenting their kids. Instead of just turning on the television and going, well, man, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Nate Moore's job is to put a football team on the field who can beat any team, any place, any time. And he's done it. He's done it. Leave the guy alone. We'll get you hooked up with hollow weekends tickets for Cedar Point. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have some hollow weekends tickets to pass out. We'll do that here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. I was trying to say those numbers while trying to write 21 pilots down on a piece of paper. That was, that, that, that was not the easiest. I'm already looking ahead at tomorrow's show for New Tour Tuesday. It's New 21 Pilots, New Willie Nelson, New Event Sevenfold, all part of that tomorrow, 9 o'clock. But we'll pass out those Halloween tickets here momentarily. And actually, Haunted House is what we're going to talk about right now. As a couple now says that they were, um, well, victimized at a haunted house here locally in the area. 
at Akron Fight Fest. This is where this took place, they're claiming. Pulling from News5Cleveland.com, one couple is accusing a local haunted house of subjecting patrons to a mock rape scene without their permission or having them sign a waiver. Okay? Apparently, this woman, Sarah, says, there was a man in a mask standing over her boyfriend. She says, my boyfriend was on the edge and he was being pushed down. So she came over and yelled, say, hey, stop, don't do that. What are you doing? That's my boyfriend. Right? And apparently the guy who works, again, from News5Cleveland.com is saying that not anymore, he's mine now, I'm going to rape him, and he started thrusting against me, which is strange. So I'm like losing there if he was thrusting against the boyfriend or her. The couple says this all obviously went down at Akron Fight Fright Fest. Okay. Now, apparently they have a haunted house on the property where you have to sign a waiver and like touchings involved, but she says that this happened at the at the other haunted house they have on the properties. I haven't been here, so apparently there must be more than one of these on the property, which makes sense. Yeah, that's right? the way most places do it. Yeah, exactly right. You know, you, there's like three of them, and it's like one-stop shopping for this kind of It's like a kind of a bar crawl for haunted houses, right? Right. It makes sense. Right. But she says this was 100% a rape scene. And it was not where they were asked to sign a waiver. Another viewer told News Channel 5 that they grabbed the ankles and shins, pulled my legs apart, and were thrusting while telling me to scream Papa. Which, again, sounds strange to me. But again, I don't really do the haunted house thing. It's not really my scene. They reached out to the haunted house manager, didn't hear back. Sarah says in all her years of going to haunted houses, she has never seen anything like that. Now, I've seen people posting like this R-rated version of this Akron Fright Fest, and people like I've been saying, like, dude, let's go, man. And like a lot of people seem to be interested. As a matter of fact, my buddy Rodney wants to come down. We were going to go. Okay? But they're claiming that this took place at the one that that's not that because they did not have to sign a waiver. And I got to tell you, even if you sign a waiver, even in a haunted house where touching is part of it, what are you doing with mock rape scenes in 2018? Like, bro, you had to see this one coming. This is, dude, somebody needed the don't do that guy. And in the back of the room, somebody's like, ah, yeah, wouldn't do that, though. Well, a couple things. But she, what she said right there was almost a ringing endorsement. You know what I'm saying? All the years I've been going to haunted houses, I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. That sounds like an endorsement. You know what I mean? Right. And... Uh, that's a good commercial for I it. mean, that's 100%. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something that, that would be said there. Um, the fact that, you know, if, 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 if they're correct in the sense of, well, they didn't sign this and you were being touched, you've gone, uh, there's a line too far because that's yes. being, like physically putting your hands on someone isn't allowed in normal haunted houses. That's why you have to sign that waiver. So on that point alone, I, 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 okay, like if, if, if you were being touched and you were not consenting to that, then I understand where that problem is right out of the gate. Like it has to be. I got to tell you, even if I was in a, a haunted house where I signed a waiver, if you mock rape my girlfriend in front of me or my wife in front of me, bro, we're having problems. We're I mean, having problems. Dude, we're at the point where we opened this show this morning talking about people needing to bring, you know, uh, you know, service animals or in into movies over over PTSD issues of a movie screen. You're now going to mock rape people, one of the most traumatic experiences you could put somebody through. But isn't that the whole point of the haunted house is doing, you know, get as much fear out of you as possible? 
I mean, I li- like, I, am, am I, if I'm designing a haunted house, is that a line too far for me? Yes, but I'm not in the business of drawing lines for people, right? Well, I'm in the business of not having the news on my front lawn by doing something like that's a little crazy. Like, dude, there are things. Like, I get it. Like, if you're if you're gonna have a touching haunted house, you want to grab me and like you have your arm around, like you're standing behind me, you have your arm around me, you want to pretend like you're stabbing me with a fake knife. That's fair game. So murder, okay, rape, not. Yeah, because dude, that's part of the haunted house thing. There's nothing, dude. Rape isn't. I mean, I don't want to sit here. I can't say this. The sentence rape isn't scary because, of course, that it is. But that's not. It's not in the realm of like. That's not what I go to haunted houses for. I've never seen a simulated rape scene in a haunted house ever. Well, and there, and there, once again, is like an endorsement of Dude, like just you've never something. Just because you're breaching new territory doesn't mean you're doing something good. I don't know if good's the question here. Like, I, I mean, you're you are doing. Well, we're this- talking about a business being in, in open for money, so yeah, being smart and being good is on the table here, dude. We're running a business smartly and not getting dragged under over the coals over doing something that you should have known, like a month ago. This was going to cause you problem, dude. It had to somebody run this by me. I'd have been like, bro, you're going to be on the news for all the wrong reasons tomorrow. Y- you are. You're in the business of being as scary as possible. Okay, I mean, maybe. That's not what my business model would be. My business model would be, I'm in the business of making sure the most amount of people go through here. Well, then at that point, I mean, like, would it be better to do a family-friendly haunted house? Would it be better to, you know what I mean? Most of them are. The haunted schoolhouse, there's like eight years, kids are eight years old going through that. And guess what? They're one of the big, well, you know what, don't let me say things, because I don't know, but they've been open 30 years. So if you're trying to give an alternative to that, you're not afraid of normal haunted houses. But this wasn't the alternative to that. Well, right. You're right. At the beginning of all this, yes. The fact that they didn't sign up for this one, end of conversation. You are correct there. So, I mean, like that's crazy. I think, but even, again, but let's put it in there. I, even if, dude, you want you get, fine, waivers. You still, dude, there are things you don't do. There's things we don't do. I can't, I'm not, I'm not drawing that line for other people. Oh, I'm telling you, I think this scene gets taken out of this now after this. And if, and that's what I would do. I mean, I would, that's absolutely what I would do. Isn't that just you giving in to... To the, the right call? The social, the social justice yeah, warrior mom? Dude sometimes, dude, sometimes giving the crowd what they want isn't you pussing out. It's you doing what you should have done from the beginning. Which is, dude, simulated rape, I'm not sure, fits the scene of, like, yes, you're going to be able to show me a thousand movies where it was, like, scary movie and somebody's getting raped in that. For sure you are. Okay, you're going to be able to show me that. The difference there is is that you are watching that visual versus being put into that visual. That's a different thing, bro. And as we're having a conversation about sexual assault all across the country, and as, as, as we've told you, go home, talk to your wife, talk to your girlfriends about guys who are just taking creepy pictures of them when they're not looking, guys who talk to them at the office certain ways, you're just you're opening yourself up for a huge can of worms here. It's certainly, no doubt about that. If you want to embrace it to me, because I think, I mean, murder's, murder's horrific too. Well, murder is horrific, but there's something weird where we kind of suspend that for Halloween. I'm not sure that I want us suspending rape for that. Now, again, I'm the guy who makes arguments like I'm a little hypocritical here, and I'll be honest with you. I'm a little hypocritical because I say, dude, comedians should be able to make rape jokes. For sure they should. Rape can be funny. For sure it can. So it's okay in movies, okay on stage, okay everywhere else. It's not okay to subject me to the physicality of it unless I know for sure that's coming, yeah. Yeah, like I said, the the, the paper is what makes the difference here for me. Yeah, even with the paper, I'd like to know that there's a mock rape scene going on there so I I could make that decision for myself before I go in there. 
Now, again, maybe I'm bringing too much of my own personal experience in there having been victimized as a kid. Maybe that's what's happening here. And for most of you, you wouldn't have thought about it either way. But having lived through that, I got to tell you, dude, I don't really want to pay somebody 10 bucks and have it happen all over again. I really don't. I haven't lived through being murdered. You understand? I kind of know that that's part of that situation. You have no idea what people's sexual history is, dude. To subject them to rape, I'm sorry, man. Like, that's a little crazy for me. But maybe I'm getting old. That could be absolutely what this is. Maybe I'm just getting old and losing a step here. Maybe I am. Or maybe I'm growing up and getting to the right side of history. Who knows? Hollow Weekend, Cedar Point. Let's send you. Caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. You guys hang on. The Stansbury Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Kenny Wayne Shepard playing... Canton Palace Theater, November the 2nd. We'll get you hooked up here around 8.30. Pass those tickets out after we talk to Scott from moneyfornextyear.com. We'll do that at 8. Get his take on the Browns game yesterday. I know he was coming after the refs quite hard with his tweeting yesterday. I think if you lose by 24, I'm not sure it's the refs' fault, but we'll talk to Scott about that. I just saw a piece of video this morning that is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Okay. I just linked this at facebook.com slash Stansbury Show for you. Where two guys now have been banned from a gun range for life. Because the one guy's at the range in the stall and he grabs the gun and he goes to take a selfie with it. Like he like kind of picks it up to his own face, not pointing it at himself really, just kind of holding the gun in front of his face, takes a selfie with it. That's rule number one. Wouldn't do that at a gun range. Not real smart. But then, and again, this is normally not standard procedure in a range where there are two men standing next to one another at the stall. They normally don't like that. Right. They normally want you standing behind the person who's getting ready to fire the weapon. But the idiot holding the gun then pointed at his buddy, like pointed at his face. Now, he does not have his hand on the finger on the trigger. Fine. But he's still pointing. A gun. Mistakes are mistakes for a reason. Right. Accidents are accidents. For, that's why they're called accidents. But if you're the gun range, of course you got to take this seriously. Because if something goes wrong here, everybody's blaming you, not the idiot who pointed the gun at his friend. Oh, 100%, dude. From a liability standpoint, that has to be your worst nightmare. You know oh, what I God. mean? Like somebody just, just brandishing a weapon like willy-nilly with it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a problem. It's absolutely asinine. And so they, they've banned these guys for life, and they should. I would never let these guys back in my building ever again, because like I said, if one of these idiots mistakenly pulls the trigger, now it's the gun range that's that's in your crosshair, uh, you know, th- that's dealing with the social media, like, firestorm. It's not these two idiots who weren't doing what they should have been doing. But again, look at what our desire to have the photo that's going to get the most amount of likes from our from our followers will do to us. Look at that. Like and what, dude? In what day and age would have you grabbed a gun and pointed it at your buddy's face? Never. I mean, especially in like a, a live range situation like that, where you have either just been shooting or preparing to shoot. I mean, it's not like these are prop guns that you've like inspected and you're like, okay, well, I know this is a fake gun, and for this photo shoot, this is what we're gonna do. Or right. even not even a fake gun, but like you know, hey, oh, really? I've inspected this, and I'm sure at this point, but you're in a live shooting situation right there. So like. Just like I was saying earlier, with 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 people who um, abuse, you know, the 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 therapy pet animal situation or whatever, 
irresponsible gun owners, you guys undercut the entire message of what gun ownership should be. Like the, 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 the like, oh, well, dude, I'll just go ahead and like hold this up. I mean, at that point, you're giving gun people who are terrified of guns, you're giving them ammo. You're giving them the like, oh right. my God, like look at these idiots out here not knowing what they're doing with their weapons. It's like shooting up in the air. It's like, what, what are you doing? It's, I, I, Social media is ruining all of us, man. It's just because it's now ruining our like judgment and our common sense where it's like we're just looking for the best photo possible. Not like, dude, is this smart? Is somebody going to die? Like what, what's happening here? Like we're just all so interested in going viral and being the center of attention that it's ruining everything. It um it, it's one of those things. I I have zero issue with guns. I really do. I'm not anti-gun under any stretch of the imagination, but I am anti-stupidity. And there's there's definitely like, well, dude, I'm a gun owner and I'm responsible. And it's like, yeah, it's like being out on the road, dude. Where it's like, yeah, dude, you're a good driver and you're doing fine. But all these other idiots text messaging back here and doing this and doing that. There's there's you're just undercutting the credibility of of what should be like the facts of this argument. So the last time I went to a Last time I went to the gun range, right? I actually went with my friend Kirsten, and she's got a ton of weapons. She's just into it. That's like her bag, right? Okay. And so I took a photo of the guns like on the counter before I started like firing them. And then I handed her my phone, said, stand behind me, and yeah, take a little some video of me shooting this. That way I can post it. I can have it. And I want, I mean, it was a potential client is where I was. And so I was like, yeah, I want to be able to promote. I want to be able to do this stuff. But at the, 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 let me tell you what's not smart. A gun and your cell phone in your hands at the same time is not smart. That gun is more than enough of a tool to be focused on with all of your attention. Much like a car. Fantone's making a great point. Dude, the car's a big enough thing to be operating, too, that that should be all your attention should be on that. Same thing with a gun. That was absolutely, dude, that's one of the worst pieces of video I've ever seen. Again, Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. You can take a look at that. Two guys kicked out of a gun range for life and should have been. Good. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Also, hook you up with $1,000 next on The Stansberry Show. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll hook you guys up with $1,000 here momentarily. We do it every Monday at 8. We talk to our good buddy, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com. My man, I was following along with your tweets yesterday because I was actually out on the golf course while the Browns were playing. I have Hulu, so I just pulled the iPhone out, put uh, had Baker Mayfield on on the iPhone screen. It was, uh, it was still playing the 18 holes while watching the Browns. And I kept up with some of your tweets. And you, like a lot of the Browns fans, wanted to place a lot of the blame for yesterday's performance at the hands of the refs. And we're drawing attention to the fact that there was a well, there was a false start that got missed, and there, you know, you had made the claim. I'll paraphrase here that you know another week is going to come and go where the uh, where the NFL refs are going to have to come out and be like, yeah, kind of botched that one. But I maintain, if you lose a game by twenty four, the refs didn't do it. Oh yeah, no, I mean there was no way. So I mean that was if they came across as blaming the refs for losing the game, that was not the uh, the intent. Okay, um, All right. that 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 play was. Uh, Certainly a backbreaker in a lot of ways. I mean, there was a lot of uh, momentum to be shifted, but I mean, they just didn't play well overall. And and they did not. Um, and Philip Rivers ate him alive. Um, he, he even said that 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 play that ended up in that large touchdown was the second time in a row they ran that same play. So if you can you can run in the NFL the same play back to back times and get away with it for two forty yard plays, right? Uh, you know, you're 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 the better team, and and that and they the the Browns ran into the better team yesterday. 
All right, so we know the fan base has been all high on Baker Mayfield. But the reality was it was three touchdowns, three picks. So, I mean, you know, not Deshaun Kaiser is, is pretty much what he was, right? I mean, that's pretty much. And now yesterday is the welcome to the NFL kid game. We all knew this was coming. We knew we were going to get one of these. And I'm not, selling, I'm not selling the farm on Baker today. I'm not, okay? But watching that game yesterday, I'll tell you the one thing that I kept noticing over and over again. And the one question I walk away with Baker Mayfield, he's accurate. The kick can deliver the ball. He can play the position. I'm not worried about any of that. But the one worry I have with Baker Mayfield is, does that body have 10 years worth of AFC North hits in it? And I've got to tell you, I'm not sure it does. Yeah, well, he's going to have to do a couple things. We will, one of which be be a little smarter and take fewer of them. Um, you know, early on, I think you can you might be able to get away with it. Later on, I think it's something you kind of wise up to. Um, you know, I compared a lot to Chris Paul. Um, you know, in the you know early on in his career, you know, Chris was injured a lot because he drove to the hole a lot and took a lot of hits. Right. And and then you you watch him now, and he is the master of the mid range, and and he 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 works the paint, but uh, he he finds a way to not take a lot of hits. And I think you know a lot of athletes can 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 learn, you know how to how to kind of navigate that terrain as as they grow older if they want to kind of eat along their career. Um, and I and I I think Baker will get there. Um, you know the, the the picks don't bother me as much because it's a lot of a lot of game flow. They had to they had to you know when they're when you're playing from three scores behind you got to do things you probably wouldn't normally do if it was if it was closer. So you have to you have to take a little little bit way in the more of risk, um, you know. And, and truthfully, you know the again the drop passes aren't good, no. and the and and really? and the and the and the quality of receiver outside of Jarvis Landry, you know, he's lucky and Joku plucked that ball out of the back of the end zone. I mean, it was a perfectly thrown pass, um, but uh, you know, and David drops that on on other occasions. So you know, he was he was a little bit fortunate, but I, I, I'm not you know like you, I'm not ready to beat him up too too much. No. Um, you know, he was. They were riding high coming off that Baltimore win. Baltimore thumps Tennessee, who who beat Philly the week before. I mean, it's, the NFL is just a weird game. Um, but yeah, Baker's every, very lucky. Joey Bosa was not on the other side of that line yesterday. I agree. And as you bring up Jarvis Landry, as we're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com again at WFNY Scott on Twitter, let me ask you this: What do we do at wide receiver here? Because I mean, he had two drop balls in the end zone early in that game yesterday. You can't do that to a rookie quarterback. You just can't do it. So what are no, we going to do? No, you can't. And it, and it was even a little bit more frustrating watching the New England uh, KC game last night and watching how quickly and how often they were um, Going targeting Josh Gordon. Right. Um, you know, because you, you, you wonder, you're not, not, you know, I know there's a lot of praise being heaped on John Dorsey and for good reason, um, but you wonder if he could have been able to help a little bit more than Rashard Perryman or whoever, you know, whoever was running routes yesterday for Baker Mayfield. I mean, some of those guys, you know, I, I think the average Browns fan couldn't even name as being a part of the 53-man roster. And when that's the case, um, that's not good. When you're down to three healthy ones after about three minutes into the game, that's also not good. Not real good. So I don't, I don't know what their odd, uh, options are going to be here. Um, you know, the, the hard part is, you know, Perriman had a lot of talent coming into the league, first-round draft pick for a reason, but he, he was ousted because he couldn't stay healthy and he couldn't catch the ball. So I, when you when you bring him in to help, I, I don't know what that says about your current uh, your current crop of receivers. So they have they have they have an uphill battle there at uh, receiver, and you know you can't you can't flank a rookie quarterback with just guys and expect him to succeed. So we'll see what they what they plan on doing there. And I, and I think some of that is also getting a little bit more creative with guys like Njoku and Duke Johnson, 
who, when you know, when the ball was in Duke's hands, I felt like good things were happening. Right. And uh, I think right. I think Haley will have to Answer alter things a little bit and and get, and get the ball to him as well. Yeah, I think there's multiple points yesterday where you can look at it and you can point it and say, hey, why weren't you exploiting this? Why weren't you trying to get shoved the ball more? Why weren't you doing these things? But at the end of the day, I think it was it was a lot of throwing crap against the wall because nothing seemed to work on any of the fronts, really. I mean, the Browns couldn't get a stop if they had to. They couldn't nope. cover the pass, dude. And Phillip Rivers, a prolific quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I think, I think he's an underrated. I think the Chargers are an underrated franchise as, as I mean, as good as they've been over the past as long as I can remember, you, you couldn't be shocked that this happened. Um, but you could question some things out there. And when I see a team that's just not performing well, when I see a team where nobody's doing anything right, I think head coaching has to be a part of the conversation here. Um, I was infinitely frustrated with Hugh Jackson when he didn't kick that field goal going into the half yesterday. Um, and I think there was other examples where you can look at it and you can start to say, what's the common denominator here? And it keeps being Hugh Jackson. Um, how hot is his seat today, Scott? <laughs> Well, definitely a little bit warmer than it was last week. Um, you know, the, he was out coached uh, yesterday, and it was blatant. Uh, you know, like I said again, they they were running the same plays over and over again, and still, um, you know, marched down the field. Uh, you know, some of that's on Greg Williams. Um, you know, some of that is on Todd Haley for not executing on the offensive side. Um, but you know, as, as as Hugh made it very aware at Hard Knocks, he was in that chair, and uh, he has to be the one to uh, you know kind of. You know, take take the punches when this kind of stuff happens. The only thing that Hugh has good going for him when it comes to hot seats are, are other coaching situations around the league because there's some other teams who are not doing well as well. Um, you know, you keep hearing Bill O'Brien's name in the mix. You know, Houston has not looked good. Um, you know, so there's there's you know, Green Bay if they if they somehow lose to San Fran tonight, Mike McCarthy's name will continue to be in the in, in the mix. So you know, not that there's only one coach who could be fired every year, but uh, thankfully. For Hugh, there's a lot of other teams who are very much underwhelming compared to where they should be as well. Would you move off of Hugh Jackson right now if you could? I, don't, I mean, who do you put in, in his place? Do you, I mean, you, do, do you disrupt that right away this, this early? At that point, you, you look, if you're John Dorsey and you give Hugh six games, I mean, why keep him at all you yeah. know, to, to, to this point? I don't, I don't know what, your, you know, what, the, what the end game would have been of, of keeping him here at all if you're going to move after, after a two, three, and one start. Well, my problem with changing the coaches is everybody just makes it so easy. Full fire that coach. But it's not one coach. It's then position coaches. It's all the way up and down the coaching staff. Now it's a new playbook, new philosophies. Guys are now have to learn all new terminology. It's not as simple as people think it is. It's not plug and play. Like it's these are offensive. Again, everybody wants to call Tom Brady a system quarterback. There's no quarterback out there drawing up plays in the goddamn dirt and then like throwing it out there. These are systems. They've always been systems, and they're incredibly intricate and hard to learn. So I'm not sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hugh's doing enough to to get himself fired. For sure he is in the last few years here. But if it's bumping Haley to to head coach, then fine. But what I would ask the question there is, is, dude, the Steelers got their own head head coach questions going on. And they had Haley. And I got to tell you, Tomlin's not the best. And I think the story on the Steelers under Tomlin's going to be that they underdelivered ultimately at the end of the day. And so if you had Haley in waiting and they didn't want him, then do do we really want to move off of Hugh and move Haley up? Yeah, well, the, well, the one thing I think the Haley situation is was a Ben Roethlisberger issue. I think Ben kind of gets what well, he wants the there, rightfully so. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's um, but, a big deal. Yeah, well, well I'm just saying it's one guy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not. 
you know, it's it's this opinion one guy. The, the, I, what I would what I would consider doing, um, and I and I tweeted it yesterday reactively, but I stand by it. Is they they got to figure out something at the at the special teams side of the ball. I think I think you can you can replace Amos Jones and not get worse. You know, okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. You know, you already have the the league's worst defense. I don't know how you have a penalty on the kickoff as the receiving team, but you know. <laughs> That's hard to do, yeah. You know, like they—they they literally had a they, they didn't have a guy lined up correctly. Like that's not—that's not a fluke block in the back or a hold or something that just happens in the course of play. They had a penalty on the first on the kickoff because the guy wasn't lined up in the right spot. Yeah, like that is—that is just bad discipline, and I don't quite understand, you know, how it happens. And it's the second time it's happened this year. They had a penalty on a touchback. They were the receiving team had a penalty on a touchback and they and they got it called against them because somebody wasn't lined up correctly. So that, I mean that that Discipline. I think you can move if you want to make a coaching change, but I, I don't see how you move off of you. I don't think they do it in season. I think Jimmy kind of knew. I, I I think Jimmy and John both kind of knew. It's like, dude, we're not winning anything this year. Just keep you this year, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do after some other coaches get moved. Because if Mike McCarthy gets fired in Green Bay, I think John Dorsey jumps at the chance to hire Mike McCarthy. I think that does. They already have his front office. Right. That's just it. I think so. I think, and honestly, I'm not sure Mike McCarthy's the problem in Green Bay. I don't know what is. I think they refuse to surround Aaron Rodgers with star players. I think that's the problem that they've wasted a generational quarterback. But if, if Mike McCarthy finds himself out of a job, I don't think I necessarily hate that hire. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Make sure you check out WaitingForNextYear.com every single day as you get really good in-depth Browns coverage there. Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Matthew. Absolutely. Every single week, every single hour, your shot at $1,000 on the Stansbury Show, your next opportunity right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the nationwide keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's WIN to 200-200. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Season tickets to see the Kent State Golden Flashes football team start at $45, and the next home game is Saturday, October 20th against Akron. Fans are encouraged to wear white and kick off at 3.30. For more information, visit KentStateSports.com or call the ticket office at 330-672-2244. Go Flash! 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and we're passing out Kenny Wayne Shepard tickets momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Canton Palace Theater, November the 2nd is when he's playing. Good show. Kenny Wayne. Well, I was raised if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> I know you're not a fan. No. I hate him. I hate all that stuff. And I like the blues, but like him and like, well, who was the other one? <laughs> Stevie Ray, I'm not a fan. Little Wing, all that stuff. Blech. Now, I'm not saying, what's his name? Was Stevie Ray could play the guitar. I'm not saying he wasn't a good guitar player. Right. But just that whole, Scott, Grant. <laughs> like, ah, dude, just, dude, every time I hear that stuff, I'm just like, I want to jab stuff into my eyes and just end it fast. Scott, Grant. Oh, my God, I just hate it. God, I hate it so much. Oh, uh, Little Wing and whatever the hell else he did. Not a fan. But Kenny Wayne is a talented dude playing November 2nd. We'll get you guys hooked up here momentarily. 
So the WWE is making headlines all over the place. And what are they doing? They're going to Saudi Arabia. They're not going to Saudi Arabia. What's happening? All right. So what you've got going on here is it was probably about a year, maybe a little bit more before um, WWE announced the partnership with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, where they would be. Now doing... they actually did this, or like? Oh no, this is real. Okay, yes, right, okay. no, this isn't. This isn't. Like... I never know in this world. It's like days of our lives with WWE. I never know what's going on. Um. So what they, you know, what they did is they they signed a giant contract and they've done a, a previous event out there um, the greatest Royal Rumble and that was a huge payday for them too but we're talking like an exorbitant amount of money and over the next 10 years they will be producing events for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia which like from a business standpoint you're like okay do what you want you know it's a worldwide company obviously sure. you kind of have the, the the prerogative to do what you want there yeah, I don't um, the uh, the problem is is that you know uh, Linda McMahon is a uh, a member of President Trump's cabinet. Yep. And at this point, Saudi Arabia has gotten caught up in a pretty big, it seems like, world issue here where they are accusing uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia of killing a journalist from the Washington Post. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I forgot so about this, that. So, right. So, this is where these two stories are kind of butting up with each other here because now it's like, well, there's an American. What do I want to say? An American, whether you want to say responsibility or whatever, there's a conflict of interest here when it comes to should private companies be doing business with this regime? Mm. Um, I would not want my company doing business. Like if I was running the company, I would not want to be doing business with them right now. But I don't necessarily feel comfortable telling the WWE they can't do it. I mean, the WWE is in the business of being tasteless right at the end of the day and if you're in the business of being tasteless it's not my decision to decide what's tasteful and what's ta- what, you, you you've got your prerogative to do so I think what the what the real problem here and I, I know a lot of other businesses have backed off of you know events that they had going on you know but I think what the problem is here though is that Linda McMahon has a conflict of interest here well, I don't understand why she doesn't step down from one or the other why don't you just cut your ties with WWE or step down from the cabinet position. Is it possible for you to do that to cut your ties from the business that you know that? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously it's impossible to cut your life of that you re- get rewarded from the profits of it. But you're married to the guy. What is she supposed to do, get divorced? Well, I mean, it's just there's definitely she's going to benefit financially from this. There's there's no question. Yeah, but again, like there's going to be a lot of cabinet members who are benefiting from their spouses' businesses. And if we looked into all of them, we're looking into this. This is being talked about because it's WWE and Saudi Arabia. How many of that stuff is? How much of that stuff's going on in that cabinet with people that are married to people who are running businesses and nobody's looking at it? I don't necessarily have a problem with her profiting off of that, but if she is involved in the running of the day-to-day operations of that company while being in the cabinet, I don't necessarily love that. But the WWE is tasteless. They've always been tasteless. It's what they do. So I don't expect them to like. This is what I said about this is what I said about Kanye the other day that he got his record contract by jumping up on a table and acting like an idiot and gaining attention. So ask, asking Kanye not to Kanye is crazy. Well, much like the WWE, they they've risen to power by being tasteless scumbags. So asking them not to be tasteless scumbags now just seems like well ridiculous. I mean, dude, they're super racial. They're inappropriate sexually. I mean, dude, this is an abomination of an organization and has been since I was a teenager. 
since before, since long before that. It's been salacious and awful television since before I was like a teenager. So expecting them not to be gross and inappropriate now just seems like a little, I don't know, foul play. It's not so much like a question of like the content that they're putting forth because a part of what this is is... Yeah, but they've shown no business ethics whatsoever. Yeah, a a, a part of what it is is like they won't have women on that event. They'll they'll change things they're doing throughout their storylines to better suit... Because Saudi Arabia is like, don't give us bitches in the Right. No, 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 no. You, you're not doing that over here. And like, no, one in Rome, bro. I mean, th- right. There is a little bit of that's if that's the business that you're going into, you know, there's going to be some sort of restrictions here. But it, it's not a question of like, well, are they doing, you know, see, this is what's very interesting about America is that if you're to come here, we are to we are to adhere to whatever your policies in that country to where you lived are to make you feel like you're safe here in America. But an American business goes over there and we're not supposed to bend at the knee at what they want and what they do. Explain to me why I got to treat every person as a protected class, as an individual. But then when we go there, we're not supposed to do what they do. Dude, our country is so backwards with the stuff we pretend to care about. And I would have to imagine that if Linda McMahon wasn't in Trump's cabinet, is this even that's this big of a deal? Not as big of a deal because that conflict of interest doesn't exist. Do I still think WWE's catching flack for it? Of course. But like, you can't separate the McMahons from WWE. I don't know why she just can't step down from the day-to-day operations of the WWE and then it's not a problem. Like I said, there's every member of that cabinet is married to somebody who's benefiting from something. Like so, I, I'm I don't really have a problem with the fact that she's benefiting it. Now, if I was Vince McMahon, am I going forward and doing this in Saudi Arabia? No, especially with everything that's been going on. But Vince McMahon has been a tasteless hack his entire career, and asking him not to be a tasteless hack today just seems insane. Kenny Wayne Shepherd playing Canton Palace Theater November the second. We'll send caller twenty five right now one 7625 on those. Be right back with more Sandsbury Show. You guys hang on one zero six nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another shot at $1,000 coming up 9 o'clock. Also, some interesting numbers on tattoos. And you can file this under the, duh, we tried to tell you forever. But the, you just, you just want to shame people that are all tatted up. For the record, it was somebody who owns a tattoo shop here locally who sent me this article. And she said to me, well, duh. Should have seen this one coming. So just so you know, before we get there at 9 o'clock, because I can already feel the hatred coming out. But, yeah, file that one under, duh. We'll give you that and $1,000. So Facebook, I guess, is going to bring out the unsend feature for their messenger. And I, it's been a while, and we've been waiting on this. I don't know what social media's like resistance to give their fan bases the things they want. Like Twitter, for some reason, won't give you an edit button. I don't understand that. Well, then people could go back and change their tweets. Right, but you're going to be able to tell they were edited. You can tell when Facebook comments are edited. Why? So Twitter can't put the algorithm together to figure out that I edited a tweet? What the hell's up with that? Like, I don't know what the resistance is. And like Facebook, I've wanted people have been asking for an unsend button forever. But what Facebook really needs for their messenger more than unsend is a full delete. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So if you and I are messaging back and forth via Facebook Messenger, and then I delete that conversation because I'm like, well, you know what? There's stuff in there. Ah, we don't need that. Right? For those of you in a relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if that person then comes over top of you deleting that message, sends you another message, everything you ever said back and forth with that person's now back in that conversation again. Well, dude, that's not good. 
So, like, now out of nowhere, a woman that I haven't talked to in five years can just be like, here, hey, how you been? And now everything I've said is going back there, dude, ruining everything for everybody? That's terrible. Now, that will still be dated, correct? It'll still show you these messages from 2012? Explain that to your girlfriend when she's running around the house throwing all your stuff on the front lawn. But, honey, the timestamp. I mean, good luck. Well, fingers crossed there that, like, yo, you know, if, if I have proof that this is from previous. It, dude, it doesn't. Dude, you're applying logic to Santa Claus. Chicks don't work like that. They're, dude, at the end of the day, all they heard was other woman. They don't care about when it happened. All they heard was other woman. I um, I, I definitely think, I mean, give people what they want here. There's no reason really for you not to be a part of this. Um, any, any validity to like, well, this is what was documented and like we have a responsibility at this Why point. Why do they have a responsibility? I mean, like if, you know, in the sense of like, all right, well, a crime was committed or, you know, something happened here where we need proof of... Well, we all know they can go back through and restore anything they want whether i delete it or not so so So, dude so that doesn't make sense at all because they could just do it if i delete so if i delete on my end it should delete on your end too yes so you so i see but it's a two-way conversation you don't get to dictate what what stays in my messenger right well, all right, fine. Then it stays in yours, but it should be everything should be able to delete fully out of mine. When you message me back, like if I say to you, I don't want to talk to you anymore, right? And then you come back and I delete that. If you come back and say anything to me, then that should be the only thing in that in that archive conversation. Nothing else should be in there. This is why people started to move to Snapchat, by the way. And actually, iPhones got one of these now where you can send messages and they disappear. It'll be interesting to see that, like, there's been a lot of Facebook black eyes. And I know there was the, well, you did get hacked or you didn't get hacked or you did get hacked or you didn't get hacked. You didn't get hacked by the message that was going around, but you probably did get hacked. It's going to be interesting to see is, like, what happens here? Because, like, this can't keep, this can't sustain forever. I said two years ago, people are going to start to walk away from these technologies when they realize, dude, that all their data is just out there and that everybody is, that they're leaving you open and everybody he laughed at me and now here we are two years later going well what's gonna happen I, I, mean, w- I wonder I wonder has there been a negative swing back on this well there's been a negative swing back in the sense that younger people don't don't use Facebook and so it's still like the they're still the Walmart of social media for sure they're the one they're the still the big dog everybody's chasing them for sure but as younger and younger people aren't using it and moving to to other systems and where they where privacy is a big deal like I don't know what do what's Facebook all about do I want to keep everything what's up with that why why, why can't I delete stuff I don't understand that why can't they it's I mean at the end of the day it's why are they keeping it all because they can use it and I mean that's really the answer there why can't they give you that sense of security of like just let me delete this I don't know I don't know why they can't do it because again like they could resurface anything that's on their platform at any given time they want don't let them lie to you and tell them it has to be in there because of crimes and what if this happened what if that happened that's all just so they can keep doing whatever it is they want Dude, I've been saying about all these platforms for a while now. Quit trying to control the herd. This is what I don't understand. Create the thing and then just step back and watch what we do with it. Why are you trying to control what we do? This is what made MySpace great. That dude just created that thing and just then stepped away from it. It wasn't his responsibility how you used it, how you misused it, elections, none of that stuff. Now, all of a sudden, dude, it's now Facebook's response. Like, dude, just stay out of my stuff. Is that why it fell apart, though, is because nobody had ownership? There was nobody at the wheel? 
No, I don't think so. I just think somebody created a more streamlined version of it, and at first it be it, it just became it's not glitter ponies the way MySpace was, and then that was the that was the hook on it, and it was cool and it was new, and only people with a college address could have it, and then that made you want it. Facebook was great in the beginning because they hooked you early by making you want it by not allowing you to have it. That was the big that was like the big brain thing behind Facebook was creating the it's like the Harley Davidson thing. They can make a thousand and bikes a day, but they choose to make 10 to make you want them. It's the same exact thing. Facebook was like, nah, dude, you're not allowed in, which made everybody want to come in, and now they are now they are the MySpace. But dude, quit trying to control what I do. Like, quit trying to do that. Like, I don't understand. And of course, dude, Zuckerberg wants all this control because, dude, he wants to control the world, which is why, honestly, I don't know when we're all just going to get smart and walk away from this stuff. We got people trying to take selfies at gun ranges, almost blowing your friend's face off, and all this stuff just trying to get as many likes as humanly possible. These things are destroying us. And for two years ago, I said, when are people going to start to walk away from this stuff because of this kind of stuff? People scoffed at me. Never. And now it's two short years later. Everybody's like, dude, I kind of got to tell you, I kind of want to delete my Facebook. I'm not always the tinfoil hat guy. I'm normally the guy that's got the really good idea two years before anybody else thinks of it, which is why you're listening. Your shot at $1,000 next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, it is Fantone from The Stansberry Show here with 2020 Vision. Thanks to my good friends over at the Rollholt Vision Institute. Now, people ask me all the time, Fantone, would you do LASIK surgery again? And the answer is 100% yes. And the reason why is because I never have to worry about dealing with the inconvenience of glasses or contacts again. I don't have to worry about where my glasses are. I don't have to worry about contact solution. I don't even have to worry about do I have contacts, man. I just open up my eyes and I see 2020. You could be doing the same thing. All you have to do is get the information which is available to you at rowholtvision.com. Season tickets to see the Kent State Golden Flashes football team start at $45. And the next home game is Saturday, October 20th against Akron. Fans are encouraged to wear white and kick off is at 3.30. For more information, visit KentStateSports.com or call the ticket office at 330-672-2244. Go Flash 9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We'll hook you up with $1,000 here momentarily. We're going to talk about this. And even though I've got science and data to back up what's being said, I'll take heat. It'll be, it'll be that I'm judgmental. And I am. But I don't think I'm judgmental on this. I think I'm common sensed on this. And I've been saying this for years. This is all about tattoos. Now, again, my buddy Rodney owns two tattoo shops in Cleveland, 252. They're, one of the mo- they're two of the most well-known tattoo shops in Northeast Ohio. I love Rodney. He's one of my best friends. We've had this conversation for years, he and I. But the study has come out that the more ink someone has... At least with men, by the way, self-esteem actually lower. The more ink somebody has, their anger issues higher. Yeah. File this under duh. I always say about stereotypes that you got to be careful using them and applying them in all situations, but they're all based in truth. They're just wildly exaggerated. Yeah, you can make the argument of, well, it's an incomplete picture, but it's not necessarily inaccurate. It's exactly right. You can, they stereotypes didn't fall out of the sky. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've been exaggerated, and some of them are, are, are put out through ignorant thinking, yes, but they didn't fall out of the sky. Okay. Right? So the studies come out. The more ink you have, the angrier you are. 
People with tattoos report a higher level of verbal aggression, anger, and rebelliousness, according to The Guardian. They also found out that a person with more tattoos, that the more angry and and rebellious they are going to be in their actions. The stereotype used to be the tattooed rebel, but now everybody's getting tatted up. Okay? But just like plastic surgery, okay, that I believe you can get a tattoo, maybe even a couple tattoos, and you're fine within bounds. But once you start going to full body modification, you're trying to fix something you don't like. Just like paying a plastic surgeon $30,000 to rearrange your face to look like your favorite celebrity. That's not healthy. I don't think that's healthy. Also, every time I talk tattoos, I'm not supposed to use the stereotype, right? Okay, well then why does everybody I know that's full-blown tattooed always the same kind of people that are like too into Halloween, and I'm too angry, and you don't know what it's like to be me, and I'm the one of this, and I'm an outcast. How come they're always the exact stereotype I'm told not to use when talking about them? How come they're always that person? I don't understand. Like, dude, some things are just true. They just are true. I mean, you can't necessarily be surprised that whether whether it's, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's caused by this, but like people who they're going to be they're going to lend themselves to riskier behavior. Yeah. People who feel, you know, disenfranchised or rebellious or like, you know, I have something to prove like, yeah, you're going to be more likely to have tattoos. You're probably going to be more likely to abuse drugs. You're probably going to be more likely to, you know, risk or put yourself in risky sexual behavior because that's it. That's that, that's very much a part of it. I, I you know, it, it, it's not that this isn't causing it, but like, yeah, it's definitely a symptom of it. This is like when I was growing up in the 90s, I was in high school in the 90s and like goth just fell out of the sky and you ever notice it wasn't the popular kid in school who was doing it because they had groups to be part of goth got created because kids who got beat up and shoved in lockers were like we need our own click we need our own thing that's who was drawing on their jeans and painting their faces white and dyeing their hair black and painting their name that's who was doing that because they needed their own click and it was always like we don't want to be clicks man we're outsiders but then you created your own goddamn click That's what you did. That's all you did is that you didn't have a place to go. So you created the place to go. So just like I can judge them, I I always say this. Can't judge a book by its cover. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you totally can. I can go to the library and tell you a book I want to read. For sure I can. And I mean, if nothing else, there's certainly evidence of decision making. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right. Well, you don't know what I'm like and you don't know my story. Fine. But I can see your decision making. I can. There's evidence. Again, just because you have a bunch of tattoos, does that necessarily mean you're angry or that you're going to be a mean person? No. But people who are more angry are going to lend themselves to this type of artwork. For sure they will. And again, like this to me is like like I've been promoting it all morning as file this under the duh category. But again, this will be considered hot takeville, especially by the younger generation who everybody's all sleeved out now. I think, I, I mean, I, I, since it's it, it, it's a, a people view it as a personal decision, it's something that like, all right, there there's always going to be that level of defense where anytime you bring this up, people are going to get, and it doesn't, it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what proof you show, it doesn't matter no. what study you show, it doesn't matter what, 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 even your intentions of like, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick here, I'm just trying to, to you know, show investigate you. this, describe this, have this be a part of the, of the conversation here, but uh, there is always going to be that very defensive need jerk like you're the problem's you now the thing i was shocked about they asked the participants whether they had ever thought about or attempted suicide and they found that with women that when the amount of tattoos go up their self-esteem goes up 
That I'm surprised by. It's one of those things where I think if you are... There's the, both extremes exist here. You know what I'm saying? And that's where probably a vast majority of like data points come from when it comes to like, well, this study says is from both extremes. I think that there's going to be people who I feel bad about myself. Therefore, I'm trying to change myself. I also think there's going to be people who feel very confident in themselves. Like, look how good looking I am. You know what? I'm going to make this even better. You know what? I'm going I'm oh, sure. to lean into this. So like, I, I, I think really we're looking at the two outliers just on opposite sides of the coin. Here. I know. Know more outliers on the previous side, though. I know more people who are all tatted up because they're hiding something. Like one of my friends, and I'm not going to give you her first name because I love her and I don't want her to feel bad about herself. But I love her and she's beautiful and she's got two full blown sleeves. But if you get to know her, dude, that body is all tatted up because she had a horrible childhood and she's trying to hide her pain. She'll admit it when she's drinking. When she's sober, she's one of these, no, 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 this is very personal to me. But when you start getting her a little too Jameson drunk and you get her at the bar, it's 2.30 in the morning and you really start talking to her, she's told me many times that it was all pain-driven. It was all anger-driven. She's trying to express her her anger and fault. So this is what I don't get. Like, we know this to be true, but if you say it, I'm the jerk now. I think also, especially with men here, um, there's a level of badass that goes along with it. There's a level of like... I think that's fallen by the wayside, though. I think originally that was true. It's like a Harley, though. But now, dude, accountants ride Harleys. And now, like, chefs are the ones that are all tatted up. It's not It's not the one percenters anymore. Now, is it sincere badass? I think that's debatable. But I think at its like core... Like a pain-on badass? Yeah. I, okay. I think at its core, sure. there's at least some level there of like, well, this is masculinity. This is me being able to show you how tough I am on the exterior of me instead of, you know what I mean? Like, so there is going to be that level of like, you're trying, you're trying to intimidate people, I guess, or you're trying to like put that, you know, don't F with me. You put, put that out. Into the I world. also hate the people who get all tatted up and then get annoyed by people asking questions about the tattoos. It's like, bro, did you not think that was going to happen? Like you, you tattooed a snake around your neck. You didn't think people were going to be like, yo, dude, let me ask you about that. Like occasionally, like, come on. Like, of course people were going to talk to you about it. It, it, but the worst tattoo person ever is like, well, I got it in a place where nobody could ever see it. And it's like, well, then what'd you do that? Like, I, I, I just, I don't get it. I'm not anti-tattoo. But this mentality that, like, we're not supposed to look at somebody who's, like, completely body modding and going, uh, what are we trying to, what are we trying to cover up there? What, what, what awful piece of traumatic thing happened to you that you're trying to cover up there? Because that's part of what you're doing. It's not everybody, but it's definitely part of it. And I, again, I will never deny common sense. And yeah, dude, if you got a bunch of face tattoos, like Fantone and I famously went to that bar and the guy had a swastika tattoo on his face, on his face, a swastika on his face. I'm supposed to think that guy's not angry when, of course, the tattoo tells me for sure that he is. It's insane. You were shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the nationwide keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity at $1,000 coming shortly after 10 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Make sure you stick around. Check that out. Get yourself some money right before the holiday. Not a bad idea. You've heard about white privilege quite a bit lately. And I maintain that it's totally real. But it's been wildly overvalued. And wildly over-talked about. But again, they did did this where they were in a room full of people. 
And they said, raise your hand if you'd be willing to wake up as a black American tomorrow. No hand in that room went up. Now, why is that? It's because, you know, secretly behind closed doors, even though you want to say it's not real on Twitter, or you want to call people sissies on Facebook or whatever. But secretly, you know, if you've ever been pulled over on the side of the road, there's a little bit of you that's like, well, at least I'm white right now. You know, it's true. You can try and deny it all you want, but you know, it's true. I think so many people have a problem with it because the concept of privilege means that I... That it's easier. It's easy, right. Easy, but the thing is, is that your life can be easier and not easy. That's the problem there, is that people think like, look at how tough I have it. Look at how hard I have it. And you want to say I'm privileged? You want to say this? And, 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 And it's a hard pill for people to swallow. I've never... All right. Now, I think the race card gets played way too often, okay? And especially with social media. I mean, just Jesus, is it is is it like obnoxious in, in that realm. And it gets played way too much. But I've never once had to walk out of a job interview and wondered whether or not I got or did not get that job because of the color of my skin. Not right. one. Not one time. So again, there's a little bit of white privilege. We talked about it like the other day on Friday. I said, well, when France gets attacked by an act of terrorism, you, everybody changes their profile pic, pray for France, you know, blah, 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 the whole thing. Something happens in Somalia, nobody picks their head up from their desk. Not even a little. You won't even take 10 minutes to be like, dude, that's kind of messed up. Welcome to white privilege. You care about people who look like you. That's just the way it works, right? So it is real. So and and I what do I always say about conversations? I won't lie, right? I got to be fair to the conversation. And white privilege is totally one hundred percent real, but I believe it's been overvalued because of social media. But I can tell you that being born is like ninety percent luck, and that honestly, I feel that it was probably more lucky than not to be born to a white middle class family. Yeah, like as as a white hetero dude in America, it's all right. Life's it not ain't, so it bad. Ain't, it ain't the worst. Like it could be worse for me. And he even said with, when we were electing this current president, what do I say? Well, dude, no matter who gets elected, my life's not I'll really going to okay. change all that much, all right? right? White, heterosexual, male, that my life's just going to be the way it is. Now, white males are under attack via social media, but you take my point. It's not necessarily the worst. White privilege is totally real, okay? Now, I bring this up because somebody's done a study on what it's better to be born as, okay? And again, much like the tattoo conversation we had earlier on the program, filed this under duh. They have found out, without a shadow of a doubt, that it is better in this country to be born rich than talented. Yeah. Better to be rich than anything, bro. Like, I don't know what I'm going to put ahead do of you, rich. Do, do, do people not understand the amount of people in this country that are talented but will never be given an opportunity to highlight that talent or more so ever be given the opportunity or the encouragement to seek out the thing in which they may have talents. That do the number of that is astronomical. Oh, the people that could have been something but weren't because of circumstances that were in their life? Sure. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Dude, you don't have somebody supporting you, you don't have somebody taking you to practice, you don't have somebody saying, you know, buying you that trumpet. Of course, you never know if you're going to be a trumpet player or not. Right. I might be a world-class flutist. Flautist, whatever. Flautist, yeah, whatever. But I don't. I can't say it. But I, who knows? I might <laughs> be a world class player at it. But I'll never know because nobody ever gave me one. You see what I'm saying? 
So being born rich, see, the, this is what I think a lot of people confuse. And I think sometimes the other side conf- conflates this, right? Much like people who are anti-white privilege say, ah, it's, ah, it doesn't exist or whatever. I think the people who are like want to make it responsible for everything sometimes don't understand it. It's not necessarily always about the color of your skin. It's that there is a financial privilege in this country. Oh, yeah. Classism is a very real thing. Like, like I said, yeah. like to, to, the, to the white yeah. establishment that runs the country, I'm as black as anybody else, bro. They don't care about poor white people people either that they care about the white powerful people yes but they don't care about poor white people either if 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 you if you don't if you don't think classism is a thing i mean like sure come on like but at the end of the day i guess really like is it better to be rich or to be talented what are you what are you going to use your talent for is to get to become money. rich, right? Like it's to get that's, money. That's the end game. If you can skip the second step of course the more money your parents have the more opportunity you're going to have, the better schools you're going to be, the better educated your parents probably were, and the better educated they're worried about you becoming. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, and I think talent here, I, I mean, maybe I'm, since I'm not reading the article in front of me, but, like, talent is such a, I feel like it is a very much... We point at it. Be- it's opinion based, also too. I, I think we point at it and say like, "Oh, that guy's so talented. There's just more God gifted ability in them." It's an excuse for us, the lazy, who are like, "Well, I didn't put the work forth. I didn't end up doing this." Again, I think there's very little talent in the world. Now, there's some. I'm not denying it, but there's very little talent in the world, and there's a lot more work in the world. Okay, give me somebody that was talented that you think work didn't necessarily have to come into that. Where work didn't necessarily have to. I don't know. Nobody. 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 That's just right. Like Tiger Woods is talented, yes. But his major talent is his mental toughness and is willing to outwork you. Yeah, I mean LeBron the same way. Where the it's same like, exactly. oh, 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 of course, yeah, that guy. You know, you're six eight, you're two hundred. But it's like you, you didn't just come out of the six seven guys in the NBA. Though. You didn't come out of the womb like that. You didn't come out of the womb with the ability to do this. You put those hours forth. You put that practice forth. Talent is an excuse, dude. I really do think that. Now it, there's a little bit, but it, it's very much like, oh, I don't have any talent. What do you want me to do? Uh, dude, everybody's talented in something. Again, it's just not been fostered in you and most people don't try to look for what they're talented in until it's too late like that's the that's the truth and most of you were grown to parents or to family members aunts and uncles who told you to stop chasing your dreams and be more realistic with your life and they and they beat the they beat your dreams out of you and they beat the desire to chase your talent out of you and that's awful at the end of the day that's why a lot of you aren't doing what you want to do is because you went and chased a more realistic version of your life the one point I think I maybe will say, I don't know, richer talent. If you're looking at like as people are lying on their deathbeds and they look back at their life and they say, do I feel content? Is it you know what I'm saying? Because if you spent your life working at something, pay, you know, doing doing the best you could at something that might be worth more to you in the end than than than, than having money, than having money. But for every other day that you're not on your deathbed, I'd rather have the money. Yes, money. <laughs> People always say money doesn't buy happiness. No, but money buys you peace of mind, which can bring happiness. A lot easier. <laughs> money buys you peace of mind. And not worrying, dude, not worrying about your financial state in life reduces the amount of stress you have. Yeah, I mean, there's new stresses that come along and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay where you live, where you're going to have lights, are you going to have these basic things in life? Yeah, dude, life's a lot worse when you don't know where groceries are coming Check from. Check this out, though. 
the least gifted children of high-income parents graduate from college at higher rates than the most gifted children from low-income parents. Of course. Yeah. Because you're going to college. Yeah. And not only are you going to college, but you have people there with expectations on you. You have people there that are pushing you. You have people there that are, are, are going to support that you That homework get done? Show it to me. Let me see it. Right. And, and if, you're coming, if you're coming from that diamond in the rough story, I mean, <laughs> you don't have somebody showing you how to be on time in life. Of course, that's going to be a tougher run. 24% of people born to low-income fathers in that high potential group graduate from college. So again, if you have a high potential at something and you were born to a poor father, only 24% of you graduate from college. 75% of the time, you're not going to make it there. Again, see now again, this goes and proves what I've been saying for the last four, almost five years on this program, which is a lot of the fact that you don't have money isn't over the fact that an evil overlord CEO doesn't want to pay you. It's not. It's that you were born to an unrelenting world that did not want you to parents who were not financially set up to have you. That the, oh, whoops, or we'll just figure it out mentality has led to this. At the end of the day, you dude, having a baby is one of the biggest financial decisions you'll ever make in your entire life, and we just let people do it willy-nilly in this country. Like, like I say it all the time, I grew up in Aurora Shores, right? That's a nice neighborhood. Even this day, it's still a pretty nice neighborhood. My dad had no business living in that neighborhood. None. My dad never made enough money to live in Aurora Shores, still to this day. like Honestly, the home values have gone down there from what I've been told. I still own a house there. My dad still wouldn't make it. What the hell was he doing in there with two children? He should have never had that life, ever. What was he thinking? It's like, but you don't look at it that way, and so we just blame everybody else. Your financial situation is very cyclical. You will probably be about where your parents were financially, give or take ten, fifteen thousand dollars any one given direction. If you grew up and your parents didn't have any money, you're probably not going to have any either. You'll have an opportunity at some free money shortly after 10 a.m. on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Before we get out of here, we'll address this one more time. But Maslin beat up on some team from Pennsylvania the other night. 101-6. And... I don't know what people want Maslin to do. What are it's a lose lose, dude. What are you supposed to do? So they did everything you should do. They offered to end the game at halftime. They pulled all the starters. They stopped throwing the ball. They started I mean, they put fourth stringers in there and were running the ball. And it's like you're trying to run the clock down. They tried to do everything you could. It's a team scheduled this. Whoever scheduled this game is who to blame. Yeah, I was going to say, I think on both ends here, if you are pulling teams, especially from out of state, if you're pulling teams from out of state, you're not getting computer points there, so there's no real incentive for you to play those teams. If those teams aren't going to be capable of competing with you, and you know whether they are or not. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, teams can fall off the face, but like, you're not going to go from being a, a contender or a playoff contender to a, a bottom feeder within two years there. So, like, there's got to be on the athletic director at least some level of like, yeah, this is my fault. You tried to use Maslin to garner a little panache and a little, you know, uh, a PR for your team's, you know, for your school's team, and it came back and bit you in the face. Well, I mean, Maslin takes these games. You know what I'm saying? So there is a level of like, get, you got to get better. You got to get better, like, tailing against you. 
You are you never going to prove yourself to anyone. You're not getting anything out of winning 101 to 6. I you know, I just I I, I saw a lot of the Well, you know, it's high school football. And guys, no it's not. Maslin is not high school football. Like you know it's not. Like all right. So where I'm from, Twinsburg, once you graduate, you don't care about the Tigers at all. They're ironically they're the Tigers too. I have no idea where Twinsburg's football team did the year after I graduated till yesterday. I have no clue. You know why? Because once we graduate, we don't care. Because it's just high school football. Because yeah. it's just high school football. This is not high school football. It's not. Dude, let's be honest. The Tigers could probably beat, you know, some of those last chance U teams they see on Netflix, those junior college teams. I bet Maslin could beat some of those teams across this country. For sure they could. It's not high school football. That's a whole other ball game up there. And people get mad when I say this, but dude, if you don't think pay, players are being paid to play on some of these teams, you're out of your mind. I think I know I don't have any information on that, but I'm just suspicious of it. It's not just high school football. This is a whole new ball game. There's documentaries about it from down here for Christ's sakes. You can't tell me it's high school football the one day a year when you're when 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 they're being yelled at for every other day. It's like no, it ain't. It's more than that here. It's more than football here. You know what I mean? So like I, but I don't know what you want these kids to do. They can't go half speed because if you do, that's how you get hurt. There was there was a lose lose, man. There was just nothing these kids could have done, especially from that point, dude. You can't look at these kids and be pissed at them. I don't even think you can look at the coach and be pissed at them. But the kids, for sure, there's literally nothing they can do other than run the football, which is exactly what they did. Pulled the starters, offered to end the game. You're not allowed to. Well, the, you, you can kneel, but it's considered to be disrespectful to kneel the play down because you're let you're not giving the te- the other team a chance to compete. And is that what you were going to do? Is kneel for the four consecutive downs for the entire second plays? half? You're just going to kneel, 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 kneel. At that point, you should quit. Just like... quit. Now I understand the other team not wanting to quit because it's like you want to teach your kids and want this and that. But you knew, dude, that whole bus right here. You knew you were going to get thumped. You knew it. And so what did you schedule the game for? You know, and like, well, these, I mean, it was probably made three years out, but you know whether you have an elite program or Maslin not. Maslin was good three years ago. They were, you, they, they you were better than most teams in the country three years ago. I mean, dude, they've been a powerhouse forever. Even their off years are better than most other schools' years. But this isn't high school football here. Like I said, where I grew up, people don't care about it at all. As a matter of fact, dude, people don't care. Unless your kid plays football in Twinsburg, adults don't go to those games. You don't do that. I never did that living there, ever. As a matter of fact, the year after I graduated, I was like, dude, we can't go there. That's high school. What am I doing here? But here, because it's dude, this is it's, it's like your birthright here. You're 65 in there in the stands with your wife, blanket over your lap, watching the game. It's just what you do. It's because in here, Florida, Texas, it's not just high school football. That it's a way of life. That team should have known. Also, it is a competition. You are supposed to win. In winning America, I promise you, is still okay. As a matter of fact, you can win yourself $1,000 shortly after 10 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Aside from that, we're done for the day. If you missed anything, podcast it shortly at WRQK.com. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See ya. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.